And once you've got that robust process in place, then over time you will drive efficiencies and the cost of processing and managing that data is going to continue becoming low for, for your business. So I think that's how I'll see that uh, you know evolving. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today we are going to discuss about data and AI. We can't ignore these topics today. That was simple yesterday, possible tomorrow. And AI is a must have if you wanna stay on this game, if you wanna overcome your competitors, because if you ignore AI today, AI will ignore you tomorrow for sure. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Deepak Shukla. How are you? I am fantastic, Antonio. Really nice to see you today. Yeah, a big pleasure. I want to learn more on this podcast. I spoke with experts from Google, from Microsoft, but I never spoke with anyone from uh, Amazon. So excited to learn a lot more about that. I know about your 17 years of experience in data, in AI, how you help a lot of clients in different niches. So uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, so look, I mean, uh, my name is Deepak. I live in London in the United Kingdom. So uh, I've been in the UK for almost 14 years now. And uh, for the past uh, 17 years, as you must have noticed, I've been in the you know, at the, I've been always been the uh, forefront of technology, data, analytics, AI. So that's been my forte. Uh, I've done consulting for like 15 years, uh, working at Tata, then Accenture, um, and been with AWS for the last couple of years. Uh, so that's kind of, that's been my journey. I've, you know, predominantly worked with our customers across the globe, actually. So I've run programs. Um, which are across countries, so like South Mexico, Brazil, Malaysia, uh, you know, Canada, uh, Japan. So I've done engagements there as well. So I've got a quite uh, international experience in the way I've been working with our, uh, you know, large customers. And mostly my role uh, is all about engaging the leadership C-suite within our customer organization to help them imagine and reimagine their business using the power of data, AI, analytics, and uh, and to drive value out of these, really. So that's kind of, you know, where I come from and, uh, you know, my speciality. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, can you share uh, about these clients more? I mean, like, what kind of common problems they have? Because uh, I speak a lot with different industries, clients, in most cases, financial, uh, investing, trading niches, and we're looking for ways how to adapt AI. And we get great results for some clients uh, because we compete with billion-dollar companies, but we found the way how to get results, how to get clients, new clients on board. But can you tell common issue that you can see uh, when you help uh, clients in it doesn't matter what kind of countries but uh, common problems that you you can meet uh, uh, to cooperate with these clients yeah so actually look i think you know one of the most common challenge that i see uh, within the organizations and this is like across industries right 
is uh, there is a bit of lack of understanding around what is the art of the possible from AI and analytics, right? I mean, that is something that uh, I've observed. Uh, sometimes, you know, our customers and leadership within our customer organizations, they get excited from what they see out in the media and what various other players and, you know, some exciting use cases. Um, but, you know, uh, and don't care too much about holistically looking at this as a journey, right? So sometimes, uh, you know, our customers look for, a, a, you know, a short term gain, right? And because of that, uh, they kind of miss out on the long term strategic goals they should be aspiring for uh, as they are adopting AI and data, right? I think that is like one of the most fundamental challenge that I see. The second is around skills, right? So our customers talk about more around, you know, uh, do I have skills in-house uh, to do this? You know, data science skills or the AI engineer skills are quite scarce and quite difficult to find in the industry because this area is developing continuously. So, so that is another challenge that uh, you know I see organizations uh, are, are facing at the moment. Even if they have a good idea, how do we implement that and make it happen, right? In because of lack of skills. So these are like two key areas. Sometimes, you know, there is a bit of an ignorance around data as well. So we all love the shiny AI tool and the AI technology, what it could do. But it is important to understand that the data underpinning those applications is the one which is, you know, helping them achieve the value, uh, which is something uh, I, I see organizations sometimes take, uh, you know, put that on a back burner and they could do more in that space. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good idea to help companies to get uh, some education about AI. And um, I found in my experience, it's tough to help any company if they have no idea how it works. You know, So it's better to have some basic background, anything to learn a little bit, uh, to spend time. Uh, and we get great results with clients who understand how it works, who know why we need to implement and how to do it right and can you tell how you help to feel this lack of data if you see that companies have these problems but uh, how to transfer that it's important to learn and how to find the way to give this background about ai yeah so uh Antonio, i mean there is uh you know there are a few things or you know as organizations start embarking upon this AI journey, right? I call this as an AI journey because this is not something which is, you know, you just implement a couple of solutions and then you are done with it, right? You're going to continue to reimagine, reinvent the business with more and more AI technologies, more and more AI solutions. And what you need is, you know, getting the foundation right is really, really important there, right? Uh, the good news is with the emergence of generative AI, right, where companies are adopting a lot of large language models, which are coming pre-trained, right, by, you know, some of the startups and companies who are focusing and investing in them. It's helping them deliver some of the use cases. But what's going to happen going forward is these large organizations, they're going to work with these large language models, which are pre-trained, right? they will be mixing that with their own internal data, right? Which they are collecting through various channels, through their marketing channels, sales channels, 
and they are also using some third party data sets right uh, from the likes of experian or you know credit agencies etc right so they will be very quickly going into an environment where they'll have three different types of data sets to manage right and if they do not have a strong data foundation in place they will start seeing limitations in what they could do from the ai application or the customer facing ai applications they are building so i think that is where you know having the right strategy around data and understanding where we store these how do we manage these who owns that data uh, underneath this is really really important and it's important to kind of shape up and define yeah valuable uh let's talk more about data especially about how to collect data uh, because I still use traditional methods uh, to speak with salespeople, with clients, to learn uh, customer reviews, um, and it works well. Of course, I combine with tools, studies, but in most cases, I make my hands dirty you now to spend more time with clients to learn about data. And for example, uh, once I got a payment to help online games, uh, and the first thing what I did, I played these games. Uh, so. Uh, when, when my son, son phoned that I, I'm playing games, he asked me, what's going on? You told me I need to read books, but you play games. <laughs> and I replied to him, you know, I, I got 16K, you know, to play these games, to find the way how to promote these games. And he was shocked. Nobody paid to him, you know, uh, any money. He plays all his life. <laughs> but I, I just decided to play and to get this payment. And um, uh, I think it's important to collect data, to uh, have experience with products, then to speak with customers, to find the way. It's a traditional way. Uh, how AI can change this method? Or uh, it's better to use traditional way and combine with AI? Many, any tips about that? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, AI has a huge potential in the way data is collected, right? So, um, I mean, as I was talking about some of these large language models, you can actually pre-train some of these models in research environments and bring that in right data quality or the quality of the data that we gather through various sources is a huge problem within organizations right now we've seen uh, ai and some of these machine learning algorithms and solutions can help clean that data and sometimes can help clean that data while you are gathering that in real time right so i think that is where ai is helping in data gathering process and data collection process uh, sometimes what we've seen is, uh, you know, you have incomplete data, right? Sometimes you're getting data from a particular source. You're getting five or six attributes, but you can have a more enriched and a better quality data uh, within your systems. So what you are basically getting is uh, you can use AI to enrich that data. AI can help you navigate through different data sources, identify where you can fill the missing links uh, within that particular data set and, and bring all of that together uh, to improve the quality of the data that you are gathering, right? So, I mean, that is where it is going. I mean, if you look at from a traditional way, right, there is generally what you do is you've got a system, you've got a digital operation, and there are touch points where you collect those data sets. Sometimes you collect those data sets and every night you send that batch file of the data that you collect for somebody to process and, you know, analyze that data and come up with results, right? But now uh, with the advancements in AI and, you know, advanced data technologies, what organizations are looking at is uh, how can I actually capture those data sets 
uh, on the customer touch points or the CX touch points in real time, enrich them with insights or the missing links in real time from the other sources of the data that I have and be able to present that data back to the user in real time to add value uh, as they are kind of having or navigating through the journey. So that's how, you know, I see that uh, evolving uh, from, a, from a data gathering perspective and using AI and machine learning there. Yeah, nice. And I found on Amazon, uh, I saw one time when uh, Amazon um, asked me to provide experience with AI summary, basically, uh, for example, if you take any product on, on Amazon, some of them can have plus thousand reviews a lot. People usually read three reviews, not more. Sometimes they can read uh, less than 10 reviews, but it's tough to read more than 10 reviews and 90% of people ignore them. So, and today on Amazon, we can uh, create generate the summary of these reviews and uh, to think do we need to buy or not and i decided to do them something like this uh, with other projects and i can say that i can get great results with that so uh, in most cases i get some generic content probably uh, i can't rely on this uh, content uh, it's not accurate and can you tell how amazon can decide or uh, uh, you can share any other example for example if we need to uh, i don't know if we have a lot of data we uh, put this data to ai how to get accurate results uh, and do we need to rely on these results or it's better to check one more time what do you think yeah, so actually, this is a really interesting question. I think relying on this data or, you know, or these reviews, etc. I think it's an important uh, thing for marketers to think about, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we've seen scenarios where you can see fake re reviews on the yeah. website. Uh, sometimes you'll see reviews where um you know uh, they are intentionally you know you see people maybe boycotting certain products on the website or a organization etc i think uh, what is important here uh, is uh, of course ai can help you and and with the advancements in generative ai which is something that we've been seeing uh, recently right you can actually very quickly identify patterns in whether it's a fake review or or what are the reviews or the items within that data sets you should be ignoring right so you will not have 100 percent accurate view on what to do or the action you should take but it can predict and help you with probability of how much you should trust a particular review based on certain factors right i think that is where you could achieve i don't think that you know ai at this stage can give you a hundred percent accurate prediction on whether this is right or wrong and that's where you know uh, we call this as human in the loop approach right so where ai will advance you know so much but there are certain scenarios where you need a human intelligence to come in and play a role and look at what ai is fitting back and take a more cautious decision around whether to trust a particular data set or a review or you know maybe just take few useful things out of those you know feedback and ignore you know some of the unnecessary sentiments the data might have captured yeah love it love it i think um, it's important to know the topic oh sorry for my dogs 
They usually take part on my podcast to share their opinions, especially about AI. They love these topics. <laughs> and uh, I found it's important to know the topic. If you know the topic, if you know, uh, if you are an expert in specific niche, you can check the accuracy. For example, uh, when someone asked me to help with niches that I don't know, I have no idea the quality or not. For example, um, I, I try to create content about weight loss. I couldn't do it because I'm not an expert on this niche. Yeah, I lost my weight a few years ago, but that was personal experience, nothing special. I can't teach others. And uh, the same issue I had with accounting. My brothers asked me, please help to create high quality content about accounting. I can't. I can about marketing. I can about niches that I know, but I can't about niches that I don't. So but I can't even write great prompts. You can mm -hmm. search best practices, but it doesn't work. If you know the topic, you don't need to learn best practices, how to write prompts. You can create yours and check the quality. Uh, can you tell, uh, for example, okay, if specialists have experience, if uh, great experience, uh, extended experience, uh, but uh, can you tell where to start to play with these prompts, uh, with AI tools? Uh, I mean, like uh, to save time with editing or probably to get the best possible results. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, you know, this is an area which is fast evolving, right? I mean, I think there is a lot of room for maturity in this space. You know, uh, I know some organizations have also kind of uh, uh, launched a few roles, which is called prompt engineers, right, yeah. uh, into the mix. But something that you just mentioned, right? I mean, it's important uh, that, I mean, this is something that I keep telling my customers and, you know, the some of the leaders I work with, right? AI, you know, you will be as, you know, skilled worker in the organization, you'll be augmenting AI, right? And learning these basic skills around prompt, uh, you know, engineering and, and identifying and using the right kind of prompts to get the right result is something that all of us should start working on, right? Because if I am a specialist within AI and I want to keep up with the latest in the AI advancements, I need to know the prompts I should be using to get the right outputs, you know, or generate new text or to generate new ideas um, using the new and, you know, the advanced technologies that we see, right? I think that is something that um, we will have to keep up with. And that is where the domain knowledge of a particular area plays a key role, right? So if you're basically looking for a prompt engineer who is focusing around financial services, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Having a good understanding of the financial services domain, how the business processes operate, what are the key challenges, what are the kind of customer queries they, you know, uh, solve and, and look for is, is really important for that particular individual to make the best out of the AI solution or, you know, some of these chat GPT type solutions, which organizations are adopting so that they are using the right prompt uh, during the process. So that is something that I, I see is, is going to happen uh, there. And domain knowledge is still really, really important. Uh, AI will automate a lot of this process. It will auto generate a lot of content and ideas, you know, marketing campaigns. It will come up with crazy analysis and things that you can use and, you know, make you look good. Uh, but again, you know, some sort of a domain expertise is going to make sure that, you know, you are using those outputs in, you know, to maximize the impact for your business. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Um, you mentioned many times about your clients, and uh, I want to ask about your methods how to transfer data to your clients. And um, the main reason, uh, it's it's a big issue. Uh, I checked data uh, analysis studies that uh, customers usually implement 40% on average uh, of all recommendations. Uh, for example, if someone pay, pays you 10K, uh, uh, so 6,000 6, can be wasted, you know. Uh, can you tell how to simplify this experience? For example, you want to uh, bring something valuable. It's important to implement, to test, uh, but how to do it right that clients will find time, resources to do it uh, without any ignoring? Hmm. Yeah, look, I think, you know, as a part of this, it is, you know, as you said, it is a very expensive process, right? The whole... Mm -hmm data engineering you know that sits underneath uh, this whole process it's a quite an expensive process uh, you know the reason why generative ai has started becoming popular now is because there are a lot of firms who are building some of these generative ai applications and these large language models right and they're selling these to organizations for them to adopt and tailor for their requirements and their organizations, right? Earlier, you know, as you would have noticed, generative AI and some of these solutions have already been working with large organizations. So for example, Amazons of the world, Netflix of the world, right? Some of these large tech organizations have already been using these solutions, right? But what's changed now is smaller organizations can also you know, buy these applications, you know, and consume these applications using APIs and start delivering, you know, uh, value for their customers and do something as smart as what you'll expect from an Amazon. And they can do it for a small and medium business that they are, you know, currently running. Now, data engineering play a big role in this whole process. And simplifying that process of data engineering is really really important so that as you start scaling some of these ai and generative ai applications you're not creating a massive cost you know or expenditure just to manage your data right so i think that is there to simplify that process i think uh, what organizations could do is have their own data engineering tool sets in their environments make sure that they are not using too many applications and there's simplicity in the way they you know they they process their data uh, they have their well-defined guardrails standards and best practices which everybody in their team is using so that it's not like you've got five engineers and five of them are following their own ways of doing things right mm -hmm. because they will start creating their own data silos within the organizations so i think that is something that um, you could actually, you know, look at and do. And once you've got that robust process in place, then over time you will drive efficiencies and the cost of processing and managing that data is going to continue becoming, you know, uh, low for, for your business. So I think that's how I'll see that, uh, you know, evolving. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you said it's expensive. Can you share any number? Uh, I mean, like... Uh how it's expensive and uh, um, I, I think even more important to uh, count uh, how it can help in the process to grow business I mean like to save uh, money with other expenses uh, to to use automation so uh, 
if, if you can share any numbers will be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it could, uh, data engineering is, you know, I mean, I have worked in engagements, right, in the past as a consultant, mm -hmm. uh, where I've seen customers investing multi-million dollar engagements just to get the data right, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it could range in between, you know, about 200k dollars 300k dollars to you know if if you're talking about massive multi-million you know multi-country data engineering effort it could go into tens and fifteens of million dollars uh, for the firm to get the data right and and then there is an ongoing cost for managing and maintaining that data within the organization as well right because you know, you keep getting new and more data. You keep getting data from different and various new data sources, and you need to ensure that you have the right applications and systems in place to process that data. Uh, and that's the reason why, you know, when I'm talking about, so if you're estimating today to kind of manage your data for a $15 million, you know, cost, you want to reduce that cost on an annual basis so that you're driving efficiencies, you're using AI and smart technologies, to automate the processes that you're building, you know, to to handle those data workloads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, <laughs> got it. Okay, um, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I can meet companies that can lose money uh, with stupid mistakes. Uh, for example, someone can uh, pay pay uh, 500k, you know, for uh, marketing campaigns to get zero leads, zero results, nothing. Uh, good money, but uh, uh, I found uh, it's important to uh, learn and find the way how to minimize possible risk of losing money. You mentioned if uh, companies are ready, for example, to uh, pay millions, you know, to implement this technology. But uh, can you list mistakes that companies can meet during the way uh, after investing this money uh, to minimize the risk of losing money, so or wasting money at, at any point? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, in terms of, you know, to minimize the risk of losing money in some of these scenarios, right, it's important that uh, you, you're profiling the data that you're using to identify these new leads, right, uh, properly. Mm -hmm. So I think that is an important element of that. Uh, we need to ensure that, uh, you know, some of the customers uh, or, you know, my clients I talk to, uh, I propose them uh, looking at network analytics as well to basically ensure that the leads that they are getting are more relevant and have higher probability of turning into, you know, dollar value business for, for the customers. So I think that is something network graph analytics is something that uh, helps uh, in ensuring that the leads that they're getting is, 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 is right. I think paying for some of these leads, it's a, it's a, it's a risky affair in itself, right? Uh, my suggestion in these scenarios will be if you have like a, a decent size organization, right? With a decent, you know, customer base, try and build some of these capabilities in-house as well. I mean, that is something where you will reduce your reliance on an external partner to come up with the leads or generate new leads for you but you could have your own uh, internal small department who can actually 
at times partner with some of these external agencies, but have control over the new leads they are generating for their marketing and the sales campaign. So I think that is something that I would suggest if you are a decent, if you are a very small organization, then I wouldn't recommend that as a uh, approach to kind of build that team because you don't have enough businesses. But if you've got a customer base of let's say half a million, uh, you are actually, you know, your your annual turnover is over, let's say, you know, five million or a ten million dollar. Uh, then you can actually uh, think about investing half a million or one million in a year to kind of create your own because it could reap like multifold growth benefits to your organization. So I think that is something that could be worth considering uh, just to avoid wastage on you know the money that you spend on lead generation there. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Deepak, I want to ask about your loving AI tools. I think everyone knows about ChatGPT, probably Bart, but today plus 11,000 AI tools. I I use a lot of tools, but uh, far away from 11,000, <laughs> I choose my loving tools. So can, can you list tools that you use uh, in your process and uh, tools that you can recommend to others? Yeah, look, uh, I mean, there are, as you said, there are many tools and I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, recommend a particular tool for, you know, against another one at this stage, yeah. you know, on, on the podcast. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, there are, uh, we, we, you know, as the users, right, I think there are two things that we need to look at, right? One is, what is the problem that we are looking to solve, right? And what is the value we are expecting out of these AI tools, right? So I think that is something which is an important element. In my profession, I think my focus is more around helping these startups, you know, large organizations to build some of these AI tools. So I believe in the philosophy of, you know, can I actually give you the right, ingredients to build those AI tools yourself. Uh, that is something that, uh, uh, you know, I focus a lot on. Um, but, uh, you know, my most important thing, I you know, the advice that I give here is that beat any tool, focus more on the value you are expecting. You know, is this something that you want to use just for entertainment? Is this something that you want to use to build your business? Is this something that you want to use to become a better writer? Is this something that you want to be use to kind of create more innovative marketing campaigns? Is it something that you want to use to kind of help with healthcare innovation and the research innovation that you might be working on doing, uh, come up with new ideas? So I think these are some of the use cases and things that the organization should be looking at. And uh, thankfully, there is a lot of progress being made with, you know, with various AI tools uh, coming on board. And who knows, you know, maybe there is an opportunity to kind of create new AI tools to support the needs which are unmet at the moment, right? I think that is something that I'm more keen on infusing for your audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm on the second stage. I usually... Uh, use API, <laughs> different APIs. I can uh, play with ChatGPT, Bar, uh, other tools. I love them. I speak with ChatGPT more often than with my wife. Uh, I love my wife, but <laughs> I, I I like to know from something new from ChatGPT. Uh, why not? And uh, yeah, I think uh, on the second stage, if you can't create anything like uh, OpenAI, Microsoft, Google, and 
most people can't. That's okay, you know. You, you can use API to create uh, many other great tools. Today, almost all tools uh, rely on AI. Uh, I, mm. I don't know uh, big tools that can ignore this technology. And uh, some of them cost over a billion dollars. So, you know, uh, you can implement AI to get great results. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, at Amazon, Amazon has recently, AWS has launched something called Partygate, right? Mm -hmm. So you basically go on that application and you can actually build your own generative AI application, right? So you have to just write the right prompt and, you know, inputs around what you want the application to do. So you can actually use some of those applications to build your own AI applications for your particular needs. So I think that is where, you know, the industry is going, you know, what I see, right? Uh, using these AI tools to drive an immediate value is the right thing to do because what's going to happen going forward is that, you know, the industry is on a massive path towards democratizing a lot of this AI and, uh, and, and you know, and bring it to the hands of, people who are not technical, right? So you just have to write what you want an application to do. And now you've got applications which can build those applications on the fly for you. And, <laughs> and then you can kind of package it and sell it for yourself, right? So I think yeah. that is where we are going now. Yeah, yeah. especially, um, you know, any other tool that rely on AI, you can create user-friendly design, you know. if uh, Many people don't have no idea how to use ChatGPT, right? But if you set up prompts, uh create user-friendly design when people need to click buttons don't write any prompts yeah it works well uh Deepak, i want to ask about your experience and um it's my common question i ask all speakers on this podcast and uh for two people uh, uh founders of companies who are looking for ways to learn from scratch uh and students who are looking for way to learn today uh, to become an expert in one single day. So let's imagine uh, you started today without your 17 years of experience in AI data. Forget about that. Uh, forget about Amazon. It's your first day. What will you do if you do everything from scratch? So look, if I have to do everything from scratch, I think, you know, this is something uh, I personally feel that you should you know, I'm a believer of hands-on work, right? I think that is something that I believe in. So what I will recommend, you know, anybody starting their careers in technology or in the space, right? Try and be in a space where you're working on new innovative projects, right? Uh, with the leaders, uh, helping solve a particular problem for that customer, be part of that team, right? Because you learn a lot being part of a good creative team, right? and uh and start you know exploring what is it what is there already out there and how can you use the ecosystem of these ai tools data technologies digital technologies that you've got access to to build a solution which is useful for your customers right i mean that is how you know you should be starting your journey uh and then eventually over the years right you will start looking at um uh, you know, you're you know, drawing on your experience to build solutions of the future, right? I mean, that is something uh, that you would look at. Uh, because me, you know, when I started my career, I was working on, you know, in Helsinki for an engagement. And, uh, and you know, at, if, if I remember that, uh, you know, correctly, at that point of time, I was 
uh, working with a company which was competing with the iPhones and the Apples of the world, right? And Apple had a, a very customer-centric way of doing things, right? Mm -hmm. While uh, another firm I was working with had a very product-centric way of doing things, right? And we were discussing around how being customer-centric is going to rule the world and, you know, they're going to become more and more uh, important. And, and we saw that, right? Sometimes, you know, some of those experiences and learnings that you gain as a part of solving a particular customer problem helps you give, you know, helps give you a perspective, right? To build, you know, better solutions for the future. So anyone starting afresh now today, get on there, you know, get your hands dirty, work on a customer problem, learn more about what's out there and try and reimagine how you can help a, you know a customer with the problem because for me everything starts with a customer need right what is the problem we are trying to solve what is an opportunity we have for customers or humanity as a whole right and then work backwards from that particular you know problem to work and build solutions um, you know which which could change the game for the industry right i think that is how i'll i'll, I'll see it Nice, nice. Yeah, I remember Jeff Bezos said about that, that Amazon is customer-oriented, Apple is customer-oriented, but uh, what Jeff Bezos said, uh, that many companies are, are competitor-oriented, so they are looking for competitors, try to do something better, but if you think more about customers, especially today, you can win this game, uh, and um, it's not a good idea today to create content for search engines, for social media, create for human beings. Uh, all these platforms serve humans. Uh, you can't recognize algorithm, but you can recognize what people need to get. And if you find the way, then uh, you you can win traffic, engagement, anything. Yeah, it's very important. And Deepak, I have two final questions, uh, very important questions for my audience. Um, um, I want to ask you about uh, your daily routine. I mean, like uh, how you start your day, uh, how you prioritize things, because uh, everyone has many things to do. And uh, and even for me, you know, uh, I, I still struggle with uh, do everything, but uh, I have a hundred things, but I choose priorities, delegate some tasks, ignore some tasks, even important because I can't do a lot of things only 24 hours a day and i need eight hours to sleep so <laughs> tell your methods how to prioritize and choose priorities or delegate uh, anything in your life yeah look i think uh i mean i start my day uh, of course you know doing my own daily routine starting with a couple of glasses of water and you know all my morning tea and things you know make sure i drop my son to school if i am at house or at home and that's how I started. And then the first thing I do from a work perspective is open up my laptop and check my diary for the day, right? And if it's a Monday, I will check my diary for the day as well as diary for the week. So if I've got a travel plan somewhere, you know, I'll focus on that and look at that uh, and, and shape it from there. In terms of the work, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. Sometimes, um, you know, especially in, in high demand jobs like what I have at the moment, right? You have too many things on the table. And it is hard to prioritize. At times, I look at a problem or engagement or a customer discussion for whoever is shouting the loudest, right? So I think that is one way of prioritizing. So whoever is screaming the most, you know, just go out there and, you know, solve the problem and see what you could do for them. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, make sure that 
you know, the teams uh, we have within the business, uh, they have enough on their plate, right? And they are not getting stressed and stressed out, I think is an important responsibility that I have. Um, so that is an important uh, part of the, you know, the daily routine uh, that I have. And uh, yeah, I think most importantly, just have fun along the way. I think that is the most important part of it. Right? You know, have a good laugh with people. It's not the end of the world. You know, we just need to ensure that, you know, we are, as long as we are focusing on the right things, right? As long as we are doing the right things uh, throughout the day, we know, you know, especially in this space, we won't be able to kind of meet everyone's expectations to 100%. Uh, but the priority order of the list of the tasks and the things that we, we are looking to do, if that meets our vision and the objectives of the department, uh, you know, I think that is good uh, for us. And having, you know, good balance with the family is also an important part of, of the job, right? Make sure that it though it's hard, right? But once you have done the job for the day, how do you actually switch off? And when you are with your family or, you know, playing around with your son is an important part of, you know, of the daily routine. Nice, nice. You, you unhided some of my secrets. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> because I think uh, it's very important to enjoy to enjoy the process, to love your work. If you hate your job and plus, uh, according to data, uh, plus 70% of people are unhappy about their jobs. Some of them hate jobs. It's not a good idea to suffer. We have one life. It's better to enjoy, to love it. And you can't be successful if you suffer. Uh, I remember one great story about a well-known book offer. And she said, when someone uh, wrote, a letter uh, to ask for advice because uh, this offer couldn't sell his books for a long time. He suffered a lot because nobody cares about his books. And uh, she replied to him, leave it. If you suffer, leave it. It's not for you. Uh, you need to enjoy. For example, I enjoy play, playing basketball. I enjoy spending time with my son as well. So uh, I love it. And nobody pays me for my hobbies, you know. I think it's the same with your job. If you hate it, leave it. If you enjoy, then results will come. Be patient. And uh, you don't even to be patient if you love it. No, uh, because it's part of your life, you know. Uh, it's the same like to replace watching TV with uh, working. I can work on Sunday evening, on Saturday night. I don't care. If, if I want to do it, I do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Deepak, my final question about the future. Uh, I think you watch these movies, uh, Terminator, Matrix, many great movies about that. Uh, but probably we will have the third scenario, who knows, uh, and Elon Musk, uh, many other great entrepreneurs can tell it's dangerous, uh, this AI. Uh, but uh, different opinions, Mark Zuckerberg said something else. Um, um, that's okay, you know, the future is unpredictable. I, but anyway, I want to ask Take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be in AI's niche. <laughs> yeah, look, I think there are like some of the concerns some of these leaders have shared are viable concerns as well. I mean, this is not like, you know, uh, if AI goes wrong, it can have big impacts. And we have seen some examples where you'll see bias, racial, gender bias in some of these AI applications. It's quite, you know, you will see them. There are cases of hallucinations and toxicity that you will see in some of these applications. So 
it is a valid concern and we need to ensure that as we move forward and define the future of our humanity of the businesses of the you know the industry um, we are ensuring that the responsible ai elements and frameworks are being adopted and used um, to to do that right because i was talking to uh, one of the innovations uh, some innovators and i was running a session on ai for them and uh, they were talking about what can we use ai to help patients with dementia right and my first thing, uh, you know, when I think about the challenge is that uh, it's not about what we can do with this technology, but it is about how useful if we do something with this is going to be for the patients right there. So I think understanding that value part and, you know, and, and is it the right thing to do for those patients who are already in, you know, in a bit of a challenge, right? So I think we need to balance out uh, some of those um, elements and make sure that we are, you know, arranging and engaging the right experts uh, to adopt this responsibly. Uh, in terms of the future, uh, what I see is the, you know, we've seen a massive digital transformation going through across industry over the last 10 years. Now uh, we will see that digital transformation is going to be fueled and driven by more and more data and AI, right? 10 years ago, I used to work in engagements for our customers where data was an afterthought, right? So we've got a process, we're doing this, you know, hey, what are the data sets we can collect and what can we do with the data, right? Now we're designing our customer engagements, marketing campaigns, and, you know, discussions by what data do we need? How can we actually bring data into the mix to drive better engagement, better uh, responses, better value for the customers, the citizens, right? And the next thing you know we are seeing now is okay, data is there, but how can I use AI and generative AI to have a more deeper and a meaningful engagement and interactions with these customers? So you will see more and more AI and data getting into the weeds of how you know various organizations are defining their customer journeys and you know their marketing campaigns, sales, uh, HR onboarding new resources within the business. They're all going to be impacted by that. I'm not too sure personally about whether we'll live the dream of what we saw in Terminator or, you know, Matrix and, and all, and whether we'll see, because, you know, 20 years ago when I was in university, you know, we used to see a vision where by 2020, we will have flying cars on the roads, right? Yeah. Half of the population is going to live in Mars and all of those things that we saw. But we have, you know, we've had some progress, but not, gone that far so you know so i won't paint a very crazy picture of the future but i see that it is quite promising and it's really good that you know what we have seen last year with the emergence of ai and generative ai and that becoming available for general public right and small medium businesses it's going to have a huge impact uh, you know in the generations to come nice nice love it love it uh guys you will have a huge impact if you follow Deepak Shukla on social media. Uh, learn from him because it's important to update what we have. AI is a quickly changing world. Many things uh, are coming fast. We need to adapt. We need to think how to do it right. Uh, and um, as I mentioned before, we are on the second stage. Uh, if you do it faster than your competitors, you will be fine. Because today, 5% of content creators lost their jobs. It's not because of AI, 
Uh, it's because someone adapted to AI and can replace them. Uh, I use a lot AI. I only uh, get much better results with AI. So uh, I think it's important if, if you want to uh, stay on this game, if you want to win, you need to think how to do it right. Deepak, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. I love this experience. So valuable. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, I mean, you can actually reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, I'm quite active there as well uh, in terms of all I do. So you can just search for Deepak Shukla, AWS London. So you will find me on the, any of the social media channels there and do follow me, you know, connect with me. If you've got a question around this podcast, you can share that on a comment site uh, or, you know, send me a note on LinkedIn and I will do my best to respond to you all. Nice. Uh, guys, you can find the link to LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. Guys, it's a big mistake if you ignore following Deepak Shukla on social media, on LinkedIn, especially because you can uh, avoid some new skills that you can get during the process. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmess. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.